0: One of the most important, the most profound, the most fundamental influences on our lives is how we see ourselves. And let me say, how we see ourselves isn't always that healthy. So, what sort of an impact is that having on your life? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're kicking off a new series of messages called So How's Your Self-Image Looking? to help us get a godly perspective on who we truly are, to help see ourselves through God's eyes. pretty regular basis in the the various series and programs that I share with you here on A Different Perspective, I touch on things like self-image, low self-esteem, giftings and abilities, that sort of thing. There's a reason that I keep coming back to that genre of discussion, if you will, and that reason is this. I see so many people in this world who are walking around with a distorted view of who they are. And those distortions fed to them largely by the people and the systems and the economy that surround them are ruining their lives. So as I was thinking and praying about what we could talk about starting this week, I came to the conclusion that it was time for a whole series of... On self-image and so I've called it so how's your self-image looking because the aim I guess is to challenge you about how you see yourself If you've ever read Stephen Covey's book The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People you may remember that one of the things he starts off with is how we see the world. He describes it something like this. It's like we each have a different set of glasses on our face. Maybe yours have a pink tint and mine have a yellow tint and the next person's have a green tint. And and what we see and how we see it depends entirely on those lenses through which we're looking at the world. Most commonly people say that Seeing is believing, but actually no, argues Covey, believing is seeing. What you believe profoundly influences what you see. A few weeks ago on the program, I shared the example of the difference between someone who's secure in themselves and someone who's insecure. Let's say you're insecure. A person comes up to you and shares a constructive, well-meaning piece of criticism with you. None of us likes criticism, but an insecure person is going to react terribly to that. They might get angry, they might be hurt, they they might withdraw further into their shell. They might start bad-mouthing the person who's criticised them. They're all the sorts of reactions that an insecure kind of person would have. A secure person, on the other hand, might initially be annoyed by the criticism, but fairly quickly starts thinking about it and assessing it as objectively as they can. And if the criticism has some basis to it, they start to do some things to change, to learn from what they've just heard, to get better at this thing that maybe they've botched up last time round. Do you see how believing is seeing? How the lenses through which we perceive the world profoundly impact what we see and what we feel and how we react? And let me ask you, in this one small example of handling criticism, which person ends up being better off for the experience? The secure one or the insecure one? It's pretty obvious, right? That's why I said at the beginning of the program that how we see ourselves is one of the most important, the most profound, the most fundamental influences on our lives. And it's an influence either for good or for bad, for liberation or for bondage, for building an amazing future, or for living a rotten life. That's not hyperbole. I'm not overstating the case here at all. I used to have a terrible self-image of myself, and let me tell you, It was truly a rotten life. When I was young, and that's always where it starts, let me tell you, I was short and dumpy and not very good at running and not very good at sports. And in a sports-mad nation like Australia, that simply wasn't a good thing. The other boys used to make fun of me, and even when I went and became an officer in the Australian Army, a four-year degree course, I was almost kicked out in my final year of officer training for failing the cross-country by just 12 seconds. Other people looked down on me. Forget the fact I had other talents and abilities. My peers considered me to be something less than they were. In fact, considerably less. Now, I caught up with some of these guys recently from the Royal Military College, Duntroon, my classmates. It had been 34 years since I'd seen most of them. We were all young men back then when we were training to be officers. Anyway, we had a great night together, eating and drinking and reminiscing and laughing. And, you know, none of them seemed to remember anymore that I was the guy that couldn't run as fast as them. They'd all moved on. But can you see how these hurts from the past can live on in you and distort your self-image? So many people are carrying around the reproach of the past with them, and they wonder why they're not having such a great life. The Bible talks about the reproach of the past, and God is super keen to remove it from us, because while we're still carrying it around with us, we simply can't live the life that he has planned for us. Have a listen to this, Joshua chapter 5 verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, so that place has been called Gilgal unto this day. That was said to Joshua, the new leader of Israel, after Israel had been slaves for several centuries in Egypt. Now, they were about to cross over into the land that God had promised to Abraham many, many centuries before. So why did God say this thing about rolling back the reproach from the past? Why did God do that? Because God knew they wouldn't be able to take hold of the promised land, battle by battle, if they were still living in their heads as slaves from Egypt. These people had to see themselves as God's chosen people, not lowly slaves, in order to fight the battles they would need to fight to take hold of all the blessings of the promised land. So God lifted the reproach of Egypt, that sense of of looking back on the past and deciding they weren't good enough. He lifted that off them so that they could enter and take and enjoy the promised land. Well, let me tell you this. God wants to lift the reproach of your past off you too, so that you can enter the promises he has for your life, so that you can fight the battles he has for you to fight, and so that you can enjoy the blessings he has for you to enjoy. I know what some people are thinking right now. "Eh, My life has failure written all over it. That can never happen to me. I'm I'm always going to be fat and ugly. I'm always going to be not good enough. I'll never be free from my insecurities. Well, that's simply not what God has to say about you. So let's start listening to what God actually does have to say about you. Here it is, Isaiah chapter 54, verses 4 and 5. Do not fear. For you will not be ashamed. Do not be discouraged. For you will not suffer disgrace. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and the disgrace of your widowhood you will remember no more. For your Maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer, and the God of the whole earth he is called. Maybe you do have failure written all over your life. You're divorced maybe once, maybe more than once. You don't look the way you want to look. You haven't achieved what you want to achieve. You aren't perceived the way you want to be perceived. People don't acknowledge you and praise you the way you want to be acknowledged and praised. So you look at your crummy little life in your crummy little neck of the woods and you think to yourself, blah, there's nothing anybody can do with me. I'm done. Well, here's what I want to leave you with today. God is not done with you. So long as you have breath, God is not done with you. He won't be done with you until you're dead. And then, if you believe in Jesus, you'll enjoy an eternal blessing. And that's what this series is all about. It's called, So How's Your Self-Esteem Looking? We're going to discover together from God's Word how to be free from the reproach of the past so that you can enter into and live in the life of that God has promised for you. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. During this short break, I'd like to share an amazing truth with you. God handcrafted you to be who he wants you to be and to do what he wants you to do. And when we lay hold of that, what an amazing life we get to live. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my special edition book, Your Road to a Stunning Life. It's all about laying hold of that powerful biblical truth so that the life you end up living is one that glorifies God first and foremost, but also satisfies you deep in spirit and soul, whatever the world throws at you. God's Word is alive and active. Amen? So I'm praying that He'll help you to be all that He made you to be and do all that He created you to do through this book. You can request your free copy right now at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1-300-722-415 and we'll get it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or one 300 722 Now let's head back into God's Word. I had a message on my blog from a man just the other day who has been through bankruptcy. He and his wife had a taxi cab business in New Zealand and it just didn't go that well. Anybody who knows anything about driving taxis knows that it's very long hours just to get a reasonable return. It can be tough. Anyhow, this man couldn't make a go of it, despite all the long hours. Let me ask you something. Do you enjoy failure? No, me neither. So let me ask you then, how do you get on in the face of failure? When something like that, something you've worked really hard at in life, you've poured out all your energies into it, and it goes belly up, and people look at you like, And it's as though someone has stamped the word failure across your forehead in big red uppercase letters. And it doesn't seem to matter how hard you scrub. You just can't get rid of that sense of failure plastered all over you. See, it's things like that that shape our self-image. And when it comes to the making of our self-image, one failure seems to outweigh more than 100 successes. Have you ever noticed how that works? That's why relying on success and failures, on our comparisons between ourselves and other people, on uh, what we think other people think of us, on the images of success that the advertising industry tells us we should aspire to but seem forever out of our grasp. That's why relying on all of that stuff out there is so incredibly dangerous because none of it's accurate. None of that really tells us who we are and what we're worth. Looking out there to find our self-worth and shaping our self-image based on all that palaver out there is a little bit like looking at yourself through one of those distorted mirrors down at the local amusement park, something we talked about on the program I think a few weeks back. Believing the wrong things about yourself is simply no way to live your life, is it? The question is, though, where do you start to get an accurate picture of who you really are, the good, the bad and the ugly? Where do you turn to get an objective and yet incredibly loving assessment of yourself on which to base your self-image? How you see yourself, where you fit in, what you were made to be and to do. There's nothing more wonderful, let me tell you, than feeling secure in your own skin, than enjoying who you are, and in fact, being totally relaxed and totally comfortable and even delighted with who you're not. It's just a stunning feeling to have 24 by 7 for the rest of your life, really. And it's a feeling I've only had for less than half of my time here on this earth so far. That doesn't mean that any of us is ever going to be perfect to be secure in who we are, to see yourself for who you truly are, and to be totally at peace with that is simply awesome. So today, and for the remainder of this series, I want to share with you how to go from insecure to secure, because I used to be an incredibly insecure person, always trying to please other people, always worried about what others thought of me, trying to impress them, secretly feeling like a charlatan on the inside. Because of all my failures and limitations that I knew about, that I was trying to hide. Does any of that sound just vaguely familiar? Most months, I write a booklet to go along with each of these new series. This month, the booklet's called How to Receive a Whole New Self Image. And I'll share with you in a couple of minutes how you can request your free copy of this latest 10 chapter book. But because I'm a visual person, one of the first things I always do when I'm planning a new series and a new booklet or a book is to choose the cover image for the book. It's something I always do myself because it's an integral part of the creative process for me of putting together a new series of messages like this. So if you request your free book, you'll see that the image is that of an apple reflected in a mirror. Well, not so much an apple as an apple core with the flesh eaten off. Isn't that so often how we perceive ourselves, all chewed up, all worn out, all worthless by comparison to the rest of the world? But how, how does God see us? Well, that's the second part of the image that I chose, because the reflection of the apple core in the mirror is that of a full, red, healthy, shiny apple, whole and complete, a perfect specimen And that to me so powerfully depicts the difference between how we perceive ourselves and how God sees us. See, there's something special that you and I need to know about ourselves to move on from a distorted self-image to the real one, the true one. And that's this, that you and I are handcrafted in the very image of God, the Imago Dei. And, and that always, always was God's intent. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And God said, Look, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. But then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the cattle and over the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And you see, There's your starting point, because that's how God sees you. Not as a chewed-out old apple core, but as a perfect specimen made in his image, the apple of his eye. Now, have you made some mistakes along the way? Of course you have. Are you chewed out to some extent? Well, yeah, probably. Are you forensically perfect in this moment? No. But God sees the potential for you to be... And that, that's why he sent Jesus, so that through Jesus you could be forgiven and restored back into this perfect image in which you were created, the very image of God. That's the starting point, and that's the ending point. And that's what Jesus is all about, restoring you back to the original image, the very image of God. That's not some fairy story, that's the story. It's the story that God has had for you and for your life from the very beginning of time. Before the beginning of time, he always, always knew that you and I would be imperfect. He always knew that you and I would reject him, and he always, always knew that he was going to send Jesus to die on that cross for you and for me so that we could be forgiven and restored back into his image, the Imago Dei. And do you know what God says in the very next breath after male and female he created them? He says this in verse 28. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Made in God's image in order to be what? Blessed. That's you. That's his plan for you. Do you know what the one profound difference is between the image that God has of you and the image the world reflects back at you? His image is the image of love, whereas the world's image is the image of criticism, of putting you down, of making you feel worthless. When the world looks at you, more often than not, it sees an opportunity to make use of you. But when God looks at you the way a father or a mother gazes at their child, he sees someone he made in his image to love and to bless. And sure, he sees the chewed out bits, the blemishes, but he looks at them not with criticism but with love. What he sees is the potential to restore you back to that original image, his image, God looks at you and he sees your potential. He sees all that's possible. And that's why he sent Jesus for you. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. Just as we take this short break, I'd like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would absolutely love to pray for you. Because the only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word as well. The Word of God says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful powerful and effective. So please allow us to pray for you and with you and let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is powerfulprayer.org. Great stuff. So let's head back now into God's Word to see what else he has for us today. It seems to me that you and I have a significant faith choice to make each and every day when it comes to who or what we believe about our self-image. Way too many people are believing what the world has to say. After all, every time you turn the television on, the advertisers are dangling these glossy images of beauty and success under your nose, and they tell you that if you buy their product, this is how it's going to be for you. Successful, beautiful, balanced, happy, people fawning over you, but of course, it never happens quite that way, does it? Those images turn out to be a cruel mirage and so they continue to feed our distorted self-image. They continue to rob us of the true image that God has created in us, his image. And the same is true of how we live our lives, what we actually do with our lives. That's something we're going to talk about a whole bunch more next week on the program, but all too often we're trying to do things we were never made to do. The passage I always come back to in order to get my faith choice right about believing who I am and what my worth is, is Psalm 139. If you've been listening to this program for any length of time, you'll be getting to know this passage rather well because it's so important. Have another listen. It's beautiful. For it was you, God, who formed my inner parts You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, that I know very well. My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them, but they're more than the sand. I come to the end, and I'm still with you. In other words, the psalmist who wrote that is saying to God, Lord, I am, I'm amazed. I'm totally gobsmacked at who I am, who you made me to be. I, God, I just can't get my mind around it. Now, let me ask you something. Which one are you going to believe, the Word of God or the world, the advertising industry or The Bible perhaps you've never quite thought about it in those terms but it's a stark choice you know what they say, you are what you eat if you continually swallow the rubbish that the world feeds you if you continually dine on that junk food emotional diet and stare into those distorted mirrors believing the distorted image they reflect back at you your life is going to be a mess your your sense of self-worth is going to be destroyed it follows as surely as night follows day But, and here's the big but, if you choose instead to gaze into the Word of God, to listen to His Spirit, to experience His loving arms around you, to live out God's Word in your life, if you choose to believe what God says about you and you start living as though it's true, because it is, then little by little, Your self-esteem, your self-worth, your self-image is going to be restored back into the right image, the image of God in which you were created. So this is what I want to leave you with today. From this moment forward, which one is it going to be? Who are you going to believe? And perhaps to help you answer that question for yourself, you could start with, what do I want my life to look like? Do I want to be safe and secure in who I am in Christ? Or do I want to be insecure and plagued by low self-esteem or pride or both? I don't know about you, but that sounds like something of a no-brainer. I would have thought. So please grab your Bible this week. Start reading it. Start here at Psalm 139 and some of the other scriptures we've been talking about today. And start hearing and seeing and believing who God says you are, and what plans God has for your life, and the love that he wants to pour out on you through Jesus Christ, his son. Just before we part ways today, there's something important that I need to share with you. Deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1300 722 415. And look, when you do get in touch, two things. Firstly, don't forget to request your free copy of that special edition book I've been telling you about, Your Road to a Stunning Life. And secondly, We would absolutely love to pray for you. So please click on the powerful prayer tile at the bottom of the homepage. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.